<laughs> that was pretty good, Daniel. It was almost a great introduction until you referenced a man there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a misogynist man at that. Um, yeah. Kia ora and welcome to WMBA. The only WNBA podcast to be recorded more than 7,000 miles from where the action is actually happening, right here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Each fortnight-ish, we'll cover three headlines, two players from the league, and one hot take from our completely ill-experienced perspectives. I'm Esme Part, and I'm joined with my equally unlearned co-host, Daniel Morden-Chong. Oh, very nice to be here, Esme. It's, it's been a while, eh? It has been a while. What happened? Well... I think the Football World Cup happened. Yeah, it did. It does. For those who are following along, who are a fan of more than just this women's sport, the Football World Cup has just wrapped up. Congratulations to Spain. And we can't blame it all on the Football World Cup. I, we actually did record an episode before this. Yeah, and what happened to that? Yeah, it just kind of lost in the editing pile. And since then, the WNBA has changed quite a bit. And so we're going to bring the new headlines for this week. Yeah, so maybe one day we'll have a Patreon set up and you can subscribe and donate for that raw, unreleased podcast. But for now... What have you been up to this week, Daniel? Well, just another basketball update. I've been practicing more basketball. I've gotten less scared of playing with other people now. Ooh, what changed? Personal growth, I guess. That's beautiful. Has that bravery been translated into success? Not, not quite. I think I'm getting better. Um, yesterday, I played on an outdoor pitch. It was a beautiful weather yesterday. An outdoor, what was it, did you say? Outdoor pitch. Outdoor basketball court. I'm still getting used to the terminology here, yeah, guys. The confidence um, is growing. The skills are growing. But the terminology is still not quite there. Exactly. And I said, pass me the baseball. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I was playing with, but yeah, I was shooting some hoops and I, I actually in, said, hey, can I join you while you shoot hoops? And there was this tall guy there shooting hoops. Mm. He had some like reggae music, he had some ska music going nice. and I joined him. It was good fun. He was like, see you later, boys. And I was like, cool. I'm one of the boys, I guess. One of the boys. That's awesome, Daniel. How tall was he? How? I'd say he's about slightly taller than you, Esme. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so tall. Yeah. I think he's about six foot, six foot one. Oh. That's awesome. And do you reckon you'll be seeing him around again? Well, we'll see. Stay tuned to see if this is the greatest meet cute of our podcast so far. Yep, exactly. One more thing is that we are recording in a closet right now. Um, Esme, do you want to describe what you see? Yeah, so right now I'm looking directly at Danyan. Um, Behind him is a towel and to the right is his wife's wedding dress. Yeah, so the usual location we normally recorded um, had construction going on, so we couldn't quite record there. So we kind of hard pivoted got into my closet and we're trying to record from here yep and it's great maybe we'll chuck some photos of that up on the patreon as well absolutely well enough headlines from my life let's move on to the headlines for the last month basically perfect what have you got for us Daniel? well the first headline i have is that we're heading into the playoffs most teams have about four or five games left of the 40 regular season matchup games. The Aces, the Liberty, and the Sun have clinched a spot in the playoffs while the Mercury and the Storm have been eliminated from contention. The Phoenix Mercury, um, interestingly enough, have ended the longest streak of making it to the playoffs by missing out this time. Wow, that, that, that's big news for them. And I guess what is cool about this time in basketball is that it's if you have been not following along with the WNBA or you've been like us and your commitment hasn't been super steady, now is a great time to start getting into it because these last four or five games will shape up the rest of the regular season and then we'll be straight into the playoffs, which are always super exciting. Yeah, exactly. Esme, do you want to have a brief description of how the playoffs will work this year? Absolutely. See, if our podcast had like a little jingle, this is where it would play. But I'm going to bring you a summary of how the playoffs work. What kind of jingle do you want here? What kind of jingle? Um, maybe so you, you, Dan, you're our sound producer. You could sort that out. 
like a kind of a fact of the week? Yeah, absolutely. Do you reckon you can get that? Yeah, let's do that. It's the fact of the week or fortnight or month, depending on when we get this podcast. Okay, if you're listening to this, there may or may not have been a jingle, depending on how much work Daniel had to do. But a summary of how the playoffs work. So the playoffs begin on September the 13th, of course, in New Zealand time. And eight teams will be in the playoffs. So that's out of the 12 possible teams. Four teams don't make the cut. That is played out in three rounds. And the first round is a best of three. So the teams involved in that will play up to three games to decide who goes through. And then the two rounds after that are the best of five. And that, of course, brings us out to having an overall winner, which was, of course, the Aces last year. That's really cool. And the seeding is what determines the matchup at the playoffs, right? Yep. So if you finish your regular season with a really good record, you'll be playing a team that is at the bottom of the teams that make the playoffs. So you supposedly have an easier run if you do better in the regular season. Awesome. That's really helpful information for some of our crew who maybe haven't watched the WNBA playoffs before. Absolutely. So get involved in these last few games. I've got a bit of a viewing party teed up this weekend with some friends to watch the last few games of this regular season, and then we'll be cracking into the playoffs, which will be super awesome. I unfortunately am not one of those friends. Daniel's hanging out with his tall friends that week. Yeah, old mate, reggae, scar guy, basketball guy. That's his weekend. I, don't, I didn't get his name, so it's pretty hard to get in contact. The second headline for the week is the game that was just played yesterday from the time of recording. The Liberty versus the Aces, where the Liberty won over the Aces, 94-85. Yep, so a big game, that one. And that creates a little bit of tension towards the end of this regular season. So the Aces, who have been well out in front um, all season long, look like they were going to run away with it, are starting to look like they may not have such a tight control over the top seed as we thought they would do, particularly because the Liberty also recently beat the Aces in the Commissioner's Cup final. However, the Aces did beat them two days after that. Yeah, and that totals up to the Liberty winning the season head-to-head 3-1. to one. Does that include this Commissioner's Cup, Esme? Uh, it doesn't include the Commissioner's Cup. So, so. it's 4-1, four, four really. Yeah. yeah. And the Aces are on a little bit of a losing streak, I guess. They've lost the last two games, including the Liberty and the Mystics. And in total, the Aces have only won six of the last 10 games, whilst the Liberty have won nine out of the last 10 games. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said in basketball for momentum is that it's not just about how many games you want, it's what direction you're heading in. And the Liberty, off the back of that, are looking a lot better than the Aces heading into the playoffs. Exactly. The Aces had a really strong start to the season, but look like they're fading a little bit towards the playoffs, whereas the Liberty had a weaker start to the season and uh, look like they're ramping up towards the playoffs. So it'll be really interesting to see how the two teams do in the playoffs. Absolutely. What do you think the factors might be, Daniel, as to why the Aces and the Liberty have had kind of different starts and ends to their seasons? I think for the Liberty, the teamwork has changed quite a bit. Mm. A lot of team players have learned how to play together. Mm. And you have also players who are improving quite rapidly back to their original form. John Crow Jones started the season mm. um, in a much more worse spot. And now you can see kind of the MVP, John Crow Jones, kind mm. of back into action. So we see a lot more improvement from the Liberty players. Whereas with the Aces, they've had a pretty rough stretch of away games in the last mm. wee while. And also they're missing Candace Parker, who is a key player in their entire lineup. Yeah, absolutely. That was a foot injury to her. Yeah, and I don't think that's a timeline on when she's back yet. Mm. So it'll be really interesting interesting to see whether she makes it back for the playoffs or not. Yeah, totally. I think that's a really good point as well about the Liberty. It's not just about the Aces not playing as well as the start of the season. It's actually seeing that team, which the Liberty started off as a team with a lot of really great players who are probably used to being the top player on their team, all learning how to play together. And I think watching them against the Aces the other day, you can see how those players are starting to learn how to play alongside each other really, really effectively. Yeah, I don't have the stats in front of me, but the Liberty, I understand, have one of the highest assist rates per for the teams in the NBA, WNBA. Absolutely. When you have multiple star players like Brianna Stewart and Vanda Sloot 
and UNESCO, when they're playing against each other and able to draw the defenders towards themselves, then that you're freeing up some really amazing players on the floor, which is pretty exciting to see. Just want to give a shout out to Benigel Laney, um, who is an incredible defensive player and has been knocking the socks off um, the teams they're playing at the moment. So don't want her to get lost in the superstars mm. that are in the New York Liberty. Yeah, that's great. Maybe you can bring it as your, as your player profile next week. Yeah, that sounds great. So good. So cool. Oh, and another headline that I'd like to bring as well, is this one that's kind of, it's a bit of a cheat one, but that's what you get when we haven't released a podcast for, is lots of records are being broken all over the WNBA. Now, a bit of a caveat, it could be because this regular season is the longest it's ever been. Although in 2022, there were 36 regular season games and most teams haven't played 36 games yet. So I think these records do stand up on their own. Um, the first one and possibly one of the most notable is that Asia Wilson had a 53-point game against the Atlanta Dream, um, which tied the WNBA record for the most points in a single game. Do you know who she tied with? I don't. I tried to find that. I, I think I it's Liz Cambage, oh, who is, is in a bit, of, um, a bit of hot press at the moment. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it's good to see Asia Wilson um, getting in front of him the press headlines. She's probably, she's probably okay with Asia Wilson stealing the headlines lately. Yeah. Um, Liz Cambage has had a few issues for those who haven't followed. I don't think we'll talk about it here just because it's not really the, the vibe of this podcast to talk about things like that. But if you want to search it up, that that's that's yeah. on you. Yeah. But yeah, in summary, Asia Wilson taking the headlines list. Yeah. Although she's tied Liz Cambage's record, she's probably not too upset about her taking the press headlines. And not only is Asia Wilson setting headlines, uh, the Aces, the team that she plays on, have also broken a big record this season. They've, bro- they've broken the record for the most games won in a single season, which beat the 2014 record of 29 set by the Phoenix Mercury. Jewel Lloyd, one of my favorite players, has broken the Seattle Storm franchise record for the most points in a single season. And although that was just a franchise record, it's only the Seattle Storm's record, there have been some pretty epic players in the Seattle Storm, so it's still pretty massive. She beat Brianna Stewart's previous record of 742, which was set in 2019. And Jewel Lloyd is currently averaging 24.2 points per game, which if she finishes the season that way, she's on track to finish the season the second all-time points per game player. Um, And that's Arthur Diana Taurasi, who had a 25.29 points per game season in 2006. Well, it really shows, considering how um, poorly the Seattle Storm have been playing this season, how much Jewel Lloyd is the corner piece of that franchise. Absolutely. And there is an argument that when your team is an up-and-coming team, when they've got lots of new players and rookies, that is actually when core players can start to really see their stats climbing. For example, Brianna Stewart and the New York Liberty will be doing a lot more passing than, um, than Jill Loeb will be doing in her team, probably. So that could be part of it, but credit to her, it is still pr- a pretty amazing record. Amazing. And you have another record that was broken, Esme? I do, and that is Sabrina Unescu who became the quickest player in WNBA history to get 600 rebounds and 600 assists. And that took her only four seasons, the first ever player to get that in their first four seasons. And it goes alongside what you were saying, Janion, around the New York Liberty being a team that is passing heavily, assisting each other. Um, So really cool to see that. And probably the even bigger headline about Sabrina Unesco in the last month is she tied the record for the most three-pointers made in the three-point shootout in All-Stars weekend making 37 of a possible 40 points. Serena Ionescu is playing incredibly well right now. It's uh, surprising to me that she has 600 rebounds so quickly, considering she plays mostly at a point guard, eh? At point Absolutely. guard shooting guard yep. positions. Yeah, And that, that definitely isn't the most rebounds in the league. I think Brianna Stewart's at about 250 this season alone. But it is pretty amazing that she's managed to stack up that many alongside that many assists because of her position. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. It shows that she's such an all-round player and is pretty much dangerous wherever she is on the court. Awesome. Well, that's our headlines for the week. Shall we move on to our player profiles, Esme? 
Absolutely. Now, avid fans of us will remember that when we last released our podcast, we challenged each other to bring our player with our favourite name in the WNBA. So we will be carrying on that theme this week. And we've had a few months to do it. So Yeah, we've had time to think about it and to really mull on what our favourite one is. And you, after your mulling, Esme, who have you brought? I've brought um, the player Crystal Dangerfield. The one we talked about last time. The one we talked about last time, absolutely. I, 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 it couldn't be top to me. And the only thing that would make her name better would be if it was Crystal Danger Court. But um, according to Daniel, she would be Crystal Danger Pitch anyway. <laughs> yep, fair cop, fair cop. <laughs> um, Crystal Dangerfield uh, played for UConn, so that's the same team that Brianna Stewart and lots of other big players, big basketball university, that one. And in the year 2020, she was a round two pick. She was picked 16th by Minnesota. Uh, she's a former Rookie of the Year, and she is five foot five and 25 years old currently. She's had a bit of a tumultuous career. Despite being named Rookie of the Year, Minnesota actually cut her in May 2022. And from there, she kind of played around with a few different teams. She signed with the Indiana Fever on a hardship exemption, but then was waived after three games. And for those who don't know what a hardship exemption is, they are granted when a team has fewer than 10 available players on their roster. That could be due to injury. It could be due to various other circumstances, which means that lots of players can't play. And it allows them to sign another player temporarily. So they signed one of those 2022 for Crystal Dangerfield. And then eventually, after she got cut from there, she signed a rest-of-season contract with the New York Liberty. After that season, though, she became a free agent again. And now she's finally landed in a bit more of a stable place with the Dallas Wings. This season, she's been averaging 8.3 points, 3.1 assists, and 2.8 rebounds per game, which is a pretty, um, a pretty decent level of stats, particularly for a team that is doing quite well this season. They're sitting fourth overall. So Crystal Dangerfield, solid player for the Dallas Wings and someone who we'll hopefully be seeing more of during the playoffs. I think Crystal Dangerfield's career is such a good example of what we talked about a few weeks ago about the lack of positions in the WNBA Absolutely. means that players aren't able to play even if they're quite good yeah absolutely it's pretty incredible that you could be named the rookie of the year and still struggle to find the team just one or two years later it shows that how hard rookies need to fight to even find a place when you have players who are staying on for a long time but not a lot of roster spots freeing up year on year yeah and the stats clearly show that she's able to play in the wnba that yeah, the stat line is an mvp worthy but it's definitely a key role player in some key teams yeah, and it makes you think, if, if we had a league where we had more than 12 teams, say we had 24 or, or more teams like that, then she would be a starting player or a really good player in, in a lot of teams in WNBA. Yeah, and, and this really comes back to those current discussions around expansion and the expansion of teams, which I think we'll hopefully cover um, in a couple of weeks' time as we get more information about that. Yeah, absolutely. Bring Crystal Dangerfield to Canada, I say. Yeah, Toronto. Toronto is really excited to have a team. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Speaking of things you're excited about, Daniel. Which player are you bringing this week? I have, which I think is the best name in the WNBA. I brought Ariel Powers. Ariel spelt like sky and Powers spelt like, I, I guess, Austin Powers. <laughs> that was pretty good, Daniel. It was almost a great introduction until you referenced a man there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a misogynist man at that. Um, yeah. As an Ariel Powers, though, that's still a pretty incredible name for a basketballer. Yeah, Ariel Powers. Um, If you didn't get the pun, Ariel kind of... Sky battles, you know? Aerial Powers. She's got powers in the sky. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Aerial Powers was drafted by Dallas Wings, fifth overall in 2016. She is 5 foot 11 inches, um, small forward, shooting guard, and currently plays on the Minnesota Lynx. Which is funny because I've realized that your player was drafted by Minnesota and plays for the Wings currently, 
Whereas my player was drafted by the Wings and plays for Minnesota now. Oh my goodness. It's a conspiracy. I know, I know. It's like we planned this. Well, we didn't. <laughs> that made it that really made it sound like we planned it, but we yeah. didn't. <laughs> In a very niche way. Yeah, if anyone thought that this podcast was that well planned, they are mistaken. Um, so she's had a bit of a varied career. She reached the finals in 2018, um, but was swept by the storm then. And, but she came back with the Mystics and they won the championship in 2019. In both those playoff runs, she came off the bench, contributing about five points a game in the 2018 run and 7.6 points a game in the 2019 run with a bit of increased playing time. And Powers is also an avid streamer and an esports gamer. And she played Valorant in the Pro-Am tournament in early 2020. And as a brand ambassador for the Team Liquid Pro-Am tournament. Wow. For those who aren't in the know, what kind of game is Valorant, Danny? Yeah, I, I don't know either. <laughs> I've heard of it, but it's about all I know. Oh, man, that would have been so easy to look up. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, like I said, um, podcast is kind of a partially planned out podcast. Yeah, for those who want to look it up on their own Google, that is V-A-L-O-R-A-N-T. Yep. We're not a gaming podcast, so... Yeah, that's true. We'll leave that one to the experts. Yeah. Now, a bit of recent news is that this season, just after one season after she's become a mainstay in the starting lineup, she's averaging just 9.6 minutes a game. And this is unusual. Um, she's had a few injuries, but on the whole, she's been kind of underutilized by the Minnesota Lynx. And, and this has caused some controversy. One person on Twitter, now X, I guess, tweeted at her, asking her why she was absent from the game. And Powell's responded that she looked forward to seeing her fans come watch her play for another organization next year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty on the nose, and yes. I've been I've been kind of trying to follow it a little bit. Basically, she's like, everyone knows I'm not going to come back next season. But the main place you have to find these things is during her streams. <laughs> so she's playing the game, and then she's also just talking into the stream and being like, oh yeah, I won't play for my WNBA team next year, and this is the way you learn information now, I guess. That is a great way to get people to watch your streams. Yeah. It's the gossipers. That actually, maybe that's why. Yeah, that's amazing. Well... If you watch those streams, you maybe know what Valorant was, Danian. But just one question. Were you the user on Twitter that asked about it? No, but I wish I did. Mm. Look, if I followed her streams well enough, I know what Valorant is, I think. Yeah, that is true. Yep, there's lots of holes popping up over here. Well, that's really interesting. I'd be interested to see where she lands then. And as we were just saying, it's a very competitive landscape out there for WNBA. So something must be like pretty tough there if she's thinking of moving teams. Yep. And she is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the mm. season, so it mm. does make sense that she might move. Yeah. Maybe she might end up joining one of the two super teams. There we go. Aerial Powers and Crystal Dangerfield to Canada, possibly. Yep. I, I was referring to the Liberty yes, and Aces, but... I guess I auto-credited what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that again. Well, that is our two-player profiles. Esme, you've got the hot take for the week, dear. That's right. Now, my hot take is that the Aces should be worried about the Liberty. We all know that the Liberty are creeping up on the top spot. They're less than a game behind them right now. But not only that, but I think the Aces should have a few other fears as well. It's not just about the Liberty creeping up on them, but they've got some other teams who are threatening their top spot. Connecticut has 24 wins this season, and the Mystics are very steadily gaining momentum, um, particularly with the return of Ala Daladon. And they actually recently beat them in the last few days. So overall, the Aces should be worried about losing the top spot. Yeah, I think that the Mystics with Ala Daladon back as one of the top four teams in the league. Oh my goodness, there we go. It was my hot take, but Daniel's just come in was his. Well, I don't think that's controversial, to be honest. She's one of the best players who's ever played for the WNBA. Absolutely. She did win it with them in 2019. But yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. That. I think at the start of the season, there were fears that the Aces were just going to clean up this season, but it's cool to see so many different teams creeping up on them. And as we said before, momentum is so big in basketball. So it'd be really interesting to see how those play out. And I'm interested to see whether you could easily say whether the Liberty or the Aces are 
the main favourites at the moment. Absolutely. And yeah, with all the talk of this year being the year of the super teams, I think we're seeing that other teams are really big there. And it's funny, Kelsey Plum herself um, had this hot take. She actually predicted this one before us. Kelsey Plum of the Las Vegas Aces earlier in the year had this quote. It was, I say this with all respect, but I think it's honestly the media that tries to make this out to be this crazy matchup. There's a lot of really good teams in this league. We approach every game the same way and we play the same way. We're going to go out there and compete. It happened in New York tonight, but for us, it doesn't change who we are. And that was after a game against New York Liberty, but it was her referring to the fact that she doesn't see this as an Aces versus Liberty season. She sees it as there's multiple other teams out there who could win the whole thing. And I think we're starting to see that right now. Yeah, I think I agree to some extent with that take. But have you watched the New York Liberty Aces games? Yes, absolutely. They are incredible. Yeah, and it's clearly a rivalry there. It seems pretty heated up. It's always close to kind of an f- actual physical fight on the yes, court. Yes. So I, I think that's true to some extent. Other teams are coming up. Other teams are really good. But there is something special about that Liberty Aces game. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be yeah, when they do play each other in the playoffs, or if they do play each other in the playoffs, that will be some incredible games to watch. I agree. And we look forward to covering that. Absolutely. We'll be right here in two weeks' time, we promise. That's the one. We've got the momentum, like the Liberty have. Momentum yep. running into the playoffs. We started off slow, like the Liberty, but we will get there. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's what we are. New York Liberty. Pretty much us. <laughs> that's our slogan so, for the week. Yeah. Uh, New York Somewhere Liberty. out there, John Quill Jones and Brianna Stewart are sitting in Courtney Vandersloot's cupboard. Well, that's us. That is our three headlines, our two player profiles, and our one hot take plus plus. Um, we'll look forward to seeing you in two weeks' time. See you then. Kakite. Ka